everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Schaub here with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. Bob is here. We had a layoff last week as you were on vacation, but we are back at it in the uh, the throes of Oscar season. It's uh, holiday movie releases are coming up here. We had a, a big action blockbuster last week in Black Adam, and that is our first movie. Bob, we've got Dwayne Johnson in the lead role here, a movie that he's been trying to get off the ground for better part of a decade. Was it worth the wait? I am sorry to say that it was not. Um, this uh, this superhero, um, you know, supposedly he's different because he's uh, quick to kill people and he has to yeah. learn, sure. uh, you know, over the course of the movie that maybe maybe killing everybody isn't the right idea. Um, but uh, but the but the plot is such a mess. Yeah. Uh, with with all this backstory and exposition to the character, uh, his charisma just gets swallowed alive, um, which is a shame because, you know, he's about as charismatic an actor as you'll find in this world. Right. But yeah, Black Adam is is just a mess. Uh, you know, they're, they're constantly throwing characters uh, at you um, that, um, that don't affect the plot. Um, you know, a lot of the humor falls flat. And again, I really want to like this movie, um, you know, casting The Rock or Dwayne Johnson as a superhero. Um, you know, it should be a slam dunk in, in the way in a way he already played a superhero in that uh, League of Super Pets movie. Right. Earlier in the year, which I thought was a lot better than this. Right. But uh, yeah, I can't say I can't say I cared for this movie. Well, you know, it sounds like that maybe a movie like this, maybe a character like this might be better served as a secondary piece to a larger movie, like sort of sort of how like I vid, I envision Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where he's a really good character when you put him in with a bunch of other characters that are also good or maybe can do other things. But in a, in a standalone setting, not the biggest Thor fan. Is that sort of maybe would Black Adam maybe benefit from being a, you know, a foil to another character? Like I know some people have thought about um, Shazam because he does kind of derive his powers the way Shazam does. Obviously, there's uh, you know a spoiler out there for <clears throat> you know for this movie about who he could go up against in future settings. But uh, do you see Black Adam more as a character like that, or does could he be a standalone movie guy that just needs a little bit better attention to detail with better writing, better direction? Well, he should be a standalone movie guy. I mean, you know, Dwayne is is a leading man, right? You know, he's he's not really an an ensemble player. Um, I suppose I could see him, uh, you know, in a in a team up with with uh, Zachary. Levi or mm-hmm. um, the the individual that that you're uh, alluding to uh, as like as like half of a duo right. I could maybe see that the way he you know teams up with Kevin Hart so much mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah he w- he wouldn't be good um, getting buried on a on a in, in an ensemble piece. Okay. So, uh, what's your final grade here for Black Adam? C minus. Okay. 
are you hoping to see more in the future? Uh, just maybe sort of a change of like something, maybe rebooting it a little bit after this failed experiment, or you are if you, if we never see another Black Adam movie again, would you be okay with that? Well, now that all the the backstory and exposition is out of the way, um, maybe maybe the next movie um, he can be better uh, if they let him um, focus on his whip a little bit more. Okay. All right, fantastic. Well, we uh, kind of shift gears here a little bit uh, from the action epic and superhero movie to Ticket to Paradise, a, a romantic comedy starring uh, two pillars of their generation, Julia Roberts and George Clooney. Uh, Bob, you know, it's a, a nice pairing, obviously, two fan, you know, fantastic actors, fan favorites. What did you think of Ticket to Paradise? Um. Didn't didn't go for Ticket to Paradise. Um, it's it's true that George Clooney and Julia Roberts are charismatic leads. Um, their chemistry, in a way, I felt was too perfect. Okay. Um, now, when I say too perfect, I don't mean actually funny. I mean that both of these are clearly professional actors who know how to play off their scene partner. Right. It's it's actually it's actually almost kind of distracting how well they know how to bicker with each other without um yeah it's just it's too smooth it's not how not natural right okay um well, you know obviously you know we've seen both actors uh, in in the more dramatic roles i actually really kind of prefer george clooney in those dramatic roles i know a lot of people kind of prefer him in this you know I mean, are, are Clooney and, and Roberts maybe, are, have they aged themselves out of certain roles and this is the kind of stuff that maybe they have to do? I mean, how do you kind of assess why maybe these two terrific actors find themselves in a movie that may not be that good? Um, well, two possible reasons. One, money. Sure. Um, two, um, the... Uh, film takes place in a absolutely gorgeous part of Bali. Okay. Yes. So uh, perhaps the, uh, the location shoot uh, <laughs> yeah. endeared them to this project because it wasn't, because it wasn't the script. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't that this was a, uh, you know, a sharp or challenging script, but uh, free vacation to Bali out of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you have a final grade here for ticket to paradise. C minus. Okay. All right. Well, I know it's November, but uh, we are going to follow up on a couple of uh, horror movies that came out. Uh, Pray for the Devil. Uh, this is something that I'm not all that familiar with. Can you tell us a little bit about this movie? Uh, this movie is about a woman who um, tries to become the first female exorcist in the Catholic Church uh, because she has a uh, personal connection to a possessed child. And uh, does is this a movie that uh, that works? I mean, is it? Uh, I know we've we've talked about horror movies in the past. Uh, how does this movie kind of stack up? I mean, what did you think? It comes closer to working than I thought it would because um, this was originally supposed to open in the spring and it got pushed back. So it became one of those movies where you know I had to keep seeing the trailer for like six months because. <laughs> Because they kept they kept moving the release date, um, so I got sick of the trailer. And I mean, um, you know, this is a typical 
modern horror film, uh, lots of jump scares, uh, kind of a kind of a mopey atmosphere. Uh, but you know, the, the jump scares are kind of effective at some points. And um, I did uh, I did get a serious laugh at one point out of a uh, out of a pause. It wasn't okay. a uh, you know no no well delivered punchline, but a well delivered pause. Okay. Well, you know, and I, I think for for moviegoers maybe that are looking for one last scare maybe before Thanksgiving, uh, you know, does this bring the scares? I mean, is there enough scares maybe to hold uh, hold an audience member's attention, or is this something that people should skip? Um, if you're looking for jump scares, I guess this is an okay movie, but um, I give this movie a uh, a C. Um, if people want one last uh, scare, um, I would suggest going to our fourth movie, okay, uh, which wow. is Halloween Ends. Yeah, fantastic transition. Obviously, now I have to admit, uh, Bob here, I have very little interest in the Halloween series. I, I'm not even sure how many Halloween movies there are at this point, Bob. Um, not really into the slasher, you know, the slasher movies so much, but, uh, tell us a little bit about Halloween ends. I mean, is this potentially the last Halloween movie and is it worth an audience member's time? Well, supposedly this is going to be the last Halloween movie. You know, I, they've done this with franchises before say it's the last right. one and it's not, right. but, um, this one, uh, actually, uh, departs from, Michael Myers for its first half, uh, focusing on a new character, mm -hmm. um, a male babysitter who uh, accidentally uh, has an accident with a child and um, is basically turned into a monster by the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Um, and uh, by the end of the movie, he's a uh, he's a slasher just like Michael. Um, and uh, both he and Michael Myers uh, go up against uh, Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. And, you know, she insists that this is going to be her final Halloween movie. Again, we'll see. Right. But uh, I, I actually like that this movie was willing to go in, in such a unique direction. Sure. Um, you know, this is the third Halloween movie in the David Gordon Green continuity. Oh. And uh, I think much like... Uh, Halloween three from I uh, I would say the from uh, the original continuity. Um, I think that this movie is eventually going to uh, gain a cult following, and people are going to appreciate mm. that it uh, it went in a uh, different direction, uh, much like Halloween three season of the witch, not appreciated in its time but uh, appreciated for being different uh, down the road. Okay. So, you know, obviously you're saying that, um, you know, this movie is sort of, I guess, introducing a new uh, character in this universe, a new potential Michael Myers type, you know, slasher. You know, is that, I mean, do you, do you like that? Or do, I mean, you know, it sounds like it's a pretty unique idea where maybe this will, end the Halloween franchise, but maybe spawn a new franchise. Is that kind of how you see it? Or was it just a, a sort of a one-off kind of creation? And this'll, this'll be a one-off. Okay. But, but, uh, but yeah, it works. It works as a one-off. Okay. 
Uh, well, uh, what's your final grade here for Halloween ends? Uh, B minus. Um, I think it was one of the better um, scary movies this Halloween season. Uh, the real winner, however, for the Halloween season, I must say, was uh, Pearl. Okay. The, yeah. uh, sequel to X from earlier in the year. Sure. Uh, tremendous performance by Mia Goth. That one wins the Halloween season, as far as okay. I'm concerned. Fantastic. Well, I, I mean, there you go. If you're looking for one last uh, Halloween scare, uh, maybe check out Pearl. Um, okay. So, Bob, what do you have coming up next week? I know we're kind of knee deep here in uh, in November. We've got some big releases coming. What do you have coming up in the in the in next week's show? Um, well, next week. Uh, Basically, I only have one movie, uh, the anime One Piece film Red. But okay. in uh, in two weeks, uh, we'll have uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, right. which uh, I could very easily see being the biggest movie of the entire year. Um, also, the early Oscars frontrunner, The Fablemans. Awesome. Oh, great. Uh, Steven Spielberg back at it again, which is exciting. So Fantastic. So it sounds like we got some things to talk about in the coming weeks, Bob. As always, I definitely appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for having me. This is the highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.